Blog Talk Radio. Pugilistic linguistics, check out the 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 pugilistic linguistics. What's happening, y'all? What's happening? It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you. This is the Pugilistic Linguistic Show. I am your host, Michael Foster, the voice of reason in an increasingly unreasonable world. And I'm back with you all. Uh, I've had a few things go on, a few upheavals, a couple of things that went sideways on me that I did not expect in the last few weeks. Kind of got me off my square. Got me out of pocket. I'm back now, though. I'm going to give you content because I got some things stored up. Before I get started, as I say every time, uh, go out to iTunes, download your podcast. The Pugilistic Linguistic is the keyword. Pick up old stuff, check out new stuff. And I'm back, y'all. I got a few of them I'm going to spit out to y'all in the next couple of days. Here's one. Before I get into the topic of today's show, as I do always, we go to a Tom watch. Tom being the tiny orange man, the guy you all elected president. And some interesting things going on. I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe even longer than that since the last time I talked to you. So let's see what kind of mayhem he's gotten himself into. Well, he, first of all, he's a well-known serial adulterer. That's not even a question any longer. He puts his thing into anything he can possibly can his relationships be damned. But I got a feeling that his most recent, well, not even most recent, but his couple of his dalliances are going to come back to bite him in the ass. And maybe the, and, and, and maybe the presidency is worth that piece of ass. Who knows? But if you've been under a rock for the last six months, there was a porn star, excuse me, Stormy Daniels, to whom he had an affair with back in 2006, I believe, yet he decided in 2016, or someone decided in 2016, to pay her off on his behalf to keep her mouth closed, even though her mouth wasn't the issue with it being open. This is going to seriously bite him in the ass, I believe, because the attorney, Michael Cohen, who said he paid, him, he paid uh, Stormy Daniels, real name Stephanie Clifford, yeah, Clifford um, the hush money out of his own pocket, and that Trump had no idea, is going to hurt because the non-disclosure agreement that supposedly she signed, which I think she did, he didn't sign, meaning he, meaning Trump. So basically the non-disclosure agreement 
which they're saying that she can't disclose uh, uh, the relationship. The person whose relationship she can't disclose didn't sign it. And this kind of goes to the rank incompetence of Trump and all his associates. Because you pay the woman, but you don't make sure that the person who is, I forget the alias that uh, Trump was using, but the person who is supposed to be protected by the non-disclosure agreement didn't sign it. So now the feds are now uh, involved. And what I mean by involved, the Mueller investigation, they went and sought out a warrant through the U.S. Attorney's Office (coughs) for calling... uh, you know, emails, phones, documents, the whole, in regards to this whole piece of ass scandal. The kicker is, Mueller and his people aren't conducting that investigation. So now it's coming out that Trump wants to fire the deputy attorney general who won't fire Mueller and this, that, and the third, and round and round we go. The thing about it is, Trump has no choice but to stand down for a couple reasons. In this instance, there is no attorney-client privilege. They went in front of a judge and said, here's the evidence that we have in regards to Michael Cohen and Donald Trump and their dealings. In order for a judge to okay the seizing of this communication between attorney and client, the judge had to have determined that the attorney and the client were now accomplices. See, everybody talks about attorney-client privilege. There was one tried and true, hard and fast exception to that rule is when the attorney and the client become accomplices in wrongdoing, the privilege goes away. So apparently the judge said, hmm, there's enough here for me to say, okay, seize all this. And the beauty of it all, if Trump fires Mueller, it doesn't stop that investigation because That's being done by the U.S. Attorney, Southern District of New York. And even better, Trump can't pardon anybody because this is a state thing going on. This is not federal. It just gets gooder. So out of everything we've tried to do to get this man out of office, you mean to tell me the ass of a porn star might do what we've been trying to do for months. Stay tuned. Now on to today's topic. Killmonger versus Chala, a love story. Now, Killmonger, Chala, 
are two characters out of Marvel's smash movie, Black Panther. Now, let me speak on Black Panther, because this is the first time I've actually spoken since I've seen the movie, a podcast since I've seen the movie. It is an absolute great, great movie with a lot of underlying stories going on. A lot of allegories going on to what's happening in today's world. Absolutely great movie. It's, it's, it's nipping on the heels of the Godfather to me. And anybody that knows me knows that's saying a lot. Don't go see it if you're looking for superhero stuff. It's a story that has some superhero things in it. Don't go looking for an Avengers-type movie. You'll be disappointed. But if you want a story, good movie to see. Unapologetically black. That's what I love about it. It does not pull punches. It doesn't say that we need to make everybody feel all warm and fuzzy and comfortable. It's called Black Panther. The hell did you expect? But two characters in the movie are driving this podcast. Eric Killmonger and T'Challa, King of Wakanda, cousins. If you have not seen the movie, I'm going to try to give you a quick update as to what this is going to be about because if you don't if you haven't seen the movie, this is not going to make much sense to you. But long story short, uh, Killmonger was a the son of the brother of the king of Wakanda, who was born and raised in Oakland, California, in the early to mid-90s. Through a series of circumstances that the movie explains, Killmonger's dad was killed. He grew up in Oakland without a, fa- without a family, without a father, not knowing that he was royal, not knowing that his bloodline was majestic in Wakanda. T'Challa, the son of the king, became king through a ceremony that is native to this land due to his father dying in an explosion in the U.N. So Killmonger grows up not knowing his lineage, grows up as an army sniper, army sniper, killer, as his the name Killmonger. T'Challa grows up and becomes king. So through a series of events, Killmonger makes his way to Wakanda, the land of his lineage, through a, a series of, of, of tribal, uh, you know, tribal traditions, that's the word I'm looking for, he becomes king of a land he just showed up to. So once he becomes king of that land, he decides to use Wakanda's 
advanced technology to arm displaced people all over the world, depressed people, disenfranchised people all over the world, and give them a means to rise up. Whereas Chala, Chala's idea has never been, you know, we want to take care of Wakanda and Wakanda only. We will not interfere in foreign affairs. Nonviolent, unless I need to be. Killmonger, by any means necessary. Now, as I'm watching this movie, I can't help but to think I've heard this before. I can't help but to think this sounds vaguely familiar to me. And as the movie progresses, I think I know where I've seen this. This has become, or this was definitely the Malcolm versus Martin philosophies of the 60s. Killmonger and T'Challa were opposite sides of the same coin. Whereas T'Challa, recently dethroned king of Wakanda, his sole purpose was to take care of Wakanda and all of its resources. He did not actively go out and seek violence against the rest of the world. He said, look, I love my country. I love my people enough to protect them. But I don't need to be violent to do it. Killmonger, on the other hand, he said he wanted to protect Wakanda as well as protect everybody that looks like him around the world. Because he needs to make sure that we use our superior technology to protect folk that look like him. And he did it by any means necessary. He would ship arms, he would do and that was a distinct Malcolm versus Martin. Now now understand something. They both were coming from the same place. Killmonger was coming from the same place that T'Challa was, but Killmonger's perspective was warped because he didn't know about Wakanda. He, he, his, his perspective was coming from anger. Now, I am not going to stand here or sit here and say I understand the motives of Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to deal with what they did and how they spoke. Killmonger was driven by rage. He was left abandoned in Oakland, early 90s. His dad was killed. 
he was left to be raised by the streets. He went to the army and became a killing machine. And when he discovered his lineage, he decided to go back to where he came from and become that leader to make sure that other displaced people had a voice. But he was driven by rage. He was angry. By any means necessary, we need to make sure T'Challa, driven by the same thing, the same underlying uh, love principle, love of his country. And he felt that he didn't need to get involved in the affairs of other countries because he wanted to take care of his own people. Martin. I want to make sure my people are taken care of before I concern myself with the dealings of uh, state X or city Y or whatever. They were both driven by the same underlying goal. Now, here's the kicker. They both were right. They both were right. The kicker is Killmonger was all the way on the the left. He was all left. T'Challa, let's say, was on the right, where the actual truth rested somewhere in the middle. Killmonger needs to chill all the way down. T'Challa needs to concern himself a little bit more with global issues. The truth, as it so often is, is somewhere closer to the middle. But at its core, it's a love story. Because both of them did this because they loved Wakanda. They love their people. Malcolm and Martin, two sides of the same coin. But at its underlying course, it was driven from love. Malcolm was radical. Malcolm was very stoic, very weak to do this on our own. We don't need no help from nobody else. Killmonger was very stoic, very radical. Whereas T'Challa and Martin felt they could make effect change within the confines of the system. And again, they both were right. They all need to modify their thoughts, move to the middle. At the end of the day, T'Challa regained his place on the throne. 
Killmonger died. But the last thing he said before he died in the movie, T'Challa said, we can still save you. After the last battle where Killmonger lay mortally wounded, T'Challa said, we can save you. And Kilmarger said something along the lines of, so what, so you can just imprison me for the rest of my life? And I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember the exact phrase. But the phrase Kilmarger said behind that was, bury me at the bottom of the ocean where my ancestors dove off the boat. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but the gist of it is bury me at the bottom of the ocean where the ancestors jumped off the boat because they realized death was better than bondage. Margaret did not come there to just wreak havoc. Death is better than bondage. So, what am I saying? In today's society, there is a distinct need for a killmonger and a T'Challa, at least the ideas behind them. There needs to now become new leaders who have our best interests at heart. We can no longer trust, as if we really could before, we can no longer trust outside influences to do right by us. So whether you sit on the side of the equation, are you a killmonger? Are you a T'Challa? Are you just along for the ride? And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everybody's got to take up a sword and a shield and go for what they know. Ain't always the way to go. War is not always the way to go. But everybody's got to make a choice one day. Even in a small instance, you're going to be a killmonger. You're going to be a T'Challa. Or he's going to sit by the side and watch. Versus Martin. Killmonger versus Chala. Trust me. That decision is coming. And furthermore, slightly off topic, but furthermore, we need to stop looking for approval or what's the word I'm looking for? Not approval, but acceptance from people who refuse to understand what you speak of. For the people who still don't get it, they're never going to get it. There is nothing you can do I don't care how eloquent you are. 
I don't care how well-versed you are. I don't care how well-read you are. I don't care how well-spoken you are. There are going to be people who just don't get it and won't get it. That's fine. Leave them behind. It's okay. Everybody ain't going to make this journey with us. Everybody ain't going to make it. Martin Luther King didn't make it. So if MLK didn't make it, what's your co-worker that's sitting a cube away from you going to do? We don't, need, we don't need them. But there's going to come a time where you, in, in your own small way, are going to have to make a stand. Who do you choose to be? Killmonger, Chala, or Silent? So, I'm going to bid myself, I'm going to bid adieu to you. Now it's time to say goodbye to all my lovely friends. I have another one that I'm going to be doing soon. That's from the Black Panther uh, movie, Wakanda Forever, I call it. Deals with General Okoye and her internal conflict to determine who is she to serve. Do you serve the king or do you serve the country? I'll be doing that one tomorrow. So stay tuned. Until then, I'm going to bid you all adieu and say take care of yourself because you all you got. Peace.